So today I was told subject is dealing with the depression. I never prepare my lecture, as you probably noticed. <laughs> and if I prepared, then I'll make a mess out of it. I never prepare. And uh, what happened is His Holiness the Dalai Lama came and visited Michigan in '94, and I was supposed to speak, so I prepared the lecture. So I made a mess out of it. You know? <laughs> really. Terrible. I couldn't read properly, whatever I prepared, and you know, and all these things. So since then, and I stopped. I never prepare lecture. So whatever you hear, uh, you hear from my heart. That's all. So I think it's dealing with depression. Um, it is all interlinked with the fear and the fearless, which we did. Um, looking at the life through the wide-angle lens of karma. Okay, let the karma out a little bit. Fear and fearlessness, depression, and uh, reincarnation, and all of those are interrelated, very much interrelated. Especially fear and fear, fearlessness is very much related with this depression. Depression is, of, is of course, a big problem. Um, in the West. I don't mean the Tibetans don't have a depression. But I don't, we don't really notice. We do, but we don't. We do because people do suffer. Uh, we don't knowledge because they don't give you the opportunity to complain. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the problems and the sufferings of uh, lesser developed nations, such as, according to the Chinese, sort of is a very backward country, a country which is so backward, so filthy, so dirty and so dark, sort of like five quality for Tibet, four quality. I thought it was a five, I could never count the fifth one. And then my brother who had come from Tibet told me, no, it's a four, not five. <laughs> so anyway, so it's a four quality. Um, Tibet is one of them, a very qualified country. And also underdeveloped nations such as India and all of those. And uh, the, the really the true economic and uh, physical sufferings are too strong and they could not even take care of the mental problems such as depression. But depression may be a little too severe. But uh, the mental difficulties. Yes, it is a true, true illness. It's a true. The mental illness is a tremendous illness. Even in this country, for many years, people have totally ignored. Am I right or wrong? Because you know better than this. You're born here, and not me. I'm an immigrant or, or alien guy who had become a citizen. So. So we have ignored that, and, but that is, that is very severe difficulties we face. And uh, I don't have to tell you what does the depression do, because I think we all are experts. You know it. Well, you have experience, many of you, and many of us have seen it, people going through with this. So what does that do? that paralyzes the individual completely in the paralyze and it's almost just sort of stand still. You can't move, you can't do anything. You know those, and you can't even get up, can't even go. You don't want to see the light, you want to shut down, all of those. It's not that Tibetans don't have that. Tibetans do have that too. Actually, I do remember a friend of mine, a Rinpoche, very famous one had that problem. 
<laughs> so thinking of it now, you know, because it's a very, very, one of these wealthiest Rinpoche's. Um, and he had that problem. And uh, he, he finally left Tibet and went to India, and he died in India in 1954. So I do remember about him. He does that shut the door and closed all the curtains he has to put down and couldn't talk to people and he does that. That's a depression, right? So what does that do? Um, that holds him back to give any teachings and that holds him back. He got a lot of good traditions of, you know, teaching lineages and he couldn't do much because he got that illness. And uh, that I don't know whether that stopped his spiritual development or not. It definitely stopped his spiritual practices. And we all will face that for sure. All of us, when we have that depression. And uh, where does that come from? Well, undermining yourself? Undermining yourself? Underestimating yourself? I blow it, I could not manage, and I, I, I blow it, I hope to do next time. All of those, it is not very good thing. Because what will happen next life is different question, altogether different question. What's happening now is the most important thing. What happened is this, we do not really appreciate ourselves so much. The value of our life and the mind value. We don't realize how wonderful the nature of the human being really is. Not only as a human being, but ourselves is. We don't realize the capacity of our mind. What our mind can do what our mind cannot do. It is a beautiful tool that we have. The mind is extremely a beautiful, wonderful tool, and we cannot use them because I think I am incapable. And I've been talking last three or four weeks of Tuesday about self-confidence. Did I mention that last week? I did not. Okay. So we've been talking about self-confidence. And lack of self-confidence is one of the biggest obstacles are for our spiritual practice. It's a very interesting. I begin to, you know, I thought I know quite well about the Western culture, the American culture, and the American way of thinking. Maybe I'm overestimating myself. The other day, I was talking either here or somewhere. Somebody mentioned to me a self-confidence on spiritual projects is something new in the West. I hope that person is right or I've been misinformed. But what happened is spiritual practice is not so much as an individual doing thing in the West. That's what that person told me. Whether it's right or wrong, I don't know. I have to yet I have to think more carefully. It is true we have a great tradition, tradition of going Sundays on church, and the praying, or going to, or, or whatever, wherever you go, synagogues, temples, or, or whatever, wherever you go. So we do, and we do a lot of praying and worshiping, but not so much personally working. That, that a person told me. Yes, we try to do our best to be a good person, to be a good one. But we don't really put so much spiritual efforts, products, or meditation. Or meditation is nothing more than a training of mind. 
Do you like it? When I said this, oh, you hated me. <laughs> you hate me. Because a lot of people have a very romantic investment on the thing called meditation. Romantic investment. But to me, the meditation is a way how you are giving yourself an opportunity to get your mind to focus and think. When Hartmut is leading the meditation, and he's leading here, bringing us to the level of to be able to concentrate and focus, right? Am I right or wrong? To going, not going beyond that. See? I caught you at hand there. <laughs> that's joking, okay? Um, so, so that's why the, the first level is, you know, the meditation is really a training your mind to be able to focus. Why? We don't focus. Our mind is like, a, you know, the good old Tibetan teachers will say, monkey in the temple. <laughs> if you let the monkey go in the temple, the temple, you know, all these beautiful lights and offerings and images and all this. And you can imagine what the monkey will do. Jump around, knock down all the butter lamps and pull the scarves and eat all the fruits and do all that. So our mind is running around like a, a monkey in the temple. And we are giving a mind an opportunity to be able to focus and think. And once you be able to learn how to focus, then we have gained a tremendous amount of a tool to be able to help ourselves. Then we have to choose on what you're going to focus. Is that on what subject? On a subject. Like I say, overcoming a anger or overcoming a obsession, overcoming whatever. So that is how our mind power the mental power used by ourselves to uplift ourselves. These are the, the real purpose of the learning how to focus and stay on that will ultimately gain those things. Not ultimately. It doesn't take a couple of months. You know, within a couple of months you can do that. You'll be able to do that. So these are, we call it, spiritual practice, efforts we put by ourselves, not simply worshipping alone, but, you know, training our mind from the usual habitual pattern or pattern takes us to a addictions that we have. So shifting that from that angle, and then making, you know, in other words, is building another positive addiction. It's, I shouldn't say that, but that's what it is. Try to gain a positive addiction. Try to get the negative addictions out, bringing them into a positive addiction. And when you could do that, it improves the individual. Become bringing yourself closer to enlightenment, uplifting yourself towards the uh, enlightenment and all of those. So, what does depression do? Block you completely in the spiritual field. Block you completely. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to move. You don't want, you don't want to even go to the bathrooms. Until you are forced to it, you got to run. Probably naked, whatever you know. So, so, so that's that's that much individual has been dragged down by the depression. So spiritually, the depression is not only a normal we have a usual problem, but spiritually we have all these problems. Any of our developments will be blocked. And that is because we look down on ourselves. We say, ah, I had an opportunity, I blow it. I couldn't do it. I'm incapable of doing it. I can't do it. You know, sort of underestimating ourselves all the time. 
But what you don't know, what that fellow, whoever having the depression, at that moment, what that person doesn't do, does not know, is the value of the human beings, human value. Tremendous value we have, capacity we have, opportunities we have, capabilities we have. There is no such a species who had such a capability like we do. I thought the other day, I think, we think, we think some aliens have better power and knowledge than we do. We would like to make that. You know, they have better medical equipment, better medical things. We make it that way. All this Star Trek and all this, we may do that, right? But what we don't know is we don't know exactly what they have. And probably they have equally even worse than we do. I even made a joke, I think I did here. If you look in the close encounter with the third kind, look at those people. <laughs> Didn't I say that here? I think I did. Yeah, so that will show you you, you know, but by their physical structure itself will tell you they're not that capable. And we do have the capacity. And I'm trying to tell you the capacity of the human mind, what the Buddha had before become Buddha, and what we have now is equal. Buddha himself had said that. Tangbuchu nyambala chuni. So, we, you and me, first is equal level, and I put enthusiastically efforts. And you let yourself control by your laziness. So now I become a Buddha, so you have to bow to me. It's unfortunate. We should have been up here looking down and tell us, tell the Buddha, hey, you have to bow me, because we are equal, I become Buddha, you left out. That should have been the right thing. But it's not. It's not. Because Buddha himself said, because you submitted to the laziness, and I submit to the enthusiasm, and as a result of this, we are too different. Is it true? Absolutely. Buddha has came as a just ordinary human being, just like you and me. Same brain, same mental capacity, same body structure, and I'm sure it's exaggerated, all this little additional thing up there and additional thing down there. You know, 2,500 years ago, would you, I mean, you know, they may have a little left, a little bit upper. You know, people see you, what do you call it? Egg-shaped hat. Maybe, but you know, it's exaggerated and become as extra lump, 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 and uh, I mean, how can that be possible? <laughs> Sorry, you know, I'm a very practical person. I just don't buy it, things like that. Uh, so no, there's no additional brain in there. That's all I can guarantee you. It is just artistic um, expression and exaggerations. That's what it, you know why I even said this, you know why? If you look in the Buddha's images in Thailand, look in the Buddha images made in Tibet, and look the Buddha images made in India, they all have a different shape. The Thai one's sharp, long one, because you know, Thai culture, Thai dances, they have all this little sharp hat they wear. So it is the culture that made them. The artists were influenced by the culture of the country. That's exactly what it is. There's no additional lengthy, long brain up there. You know, no, it's not. It's exactly what we have. It is the same thing, same capacity. Within that capacity, they've been able to overcome all negativities and totally become totally enlightened. That capacity, we have it. You have it, I have it, each and every one of us has it. No one is lacking anything. 
even the handicapped ones, some of the physically challenged ones do have the same capacity. I don't know what the mentally challenged ones, I'm not sure whether they have that capacity or not. But the physically challenged ones have the same capacity too. And we don't realize that. We underestimate ourselves. I'm incapable. I cannot do it. And that has given us the, giving the depression an opportunity to take over. Then we add up on top of that. Well, I missed this, I missed that, I did this, I did that. So it is all underestimating yourself. It comes from there. That's what I call it, lack of self-confidence. Lack of self-confidence is a spiritual obstacle. And the capability within us, we have it. If we meditate, if we practice, we can become fully enlightened. There is a, no one is blocking. There is, the obstacle is underestimating ourselves and submitting ourselves to the negative addictions. These are the only obstacles, nothing else. Enlightenment is not any gift from anybody else. It is our own achievement. And we are all entitled to become enlightened. We all have a right to be enlightened. We do. This is our right even. But whether we do it or not, that's also our choice. And if we put efforts, we can do it. That's our right. And when we don't see it, you know, when, when you say right, Sometimes, I don't know the legal terms, sometimes right means automatically we can. No, it's not automatic. We have to put effort. If we put effort, each and every one of us have the capability to become fully enlightened. Each and every one of us has the same capacity what the Buddha had before. And we can achieve what the Buddha had achieved. There is not a single human being that you can take it out who has no capability of becoming Buddha, unless mentally talented. Mentally talented ones also, so maybe not this time, <laughs> or maybe until they get better, because you have no idea what, you know, because you cannot utilize the mind which is the most important tool for us. The most important inner tool what we have is our mind. We have to train our mind in the positive way. By training our mind in positive way, we cut down the negativities. By cutting down the negativities, automatically we build positivity. Total enlightenment really is nothing less than totally purified all negativities and totally build up all the positivities. That is called total enlightenment, total knowledge, awakened state. They give you all kinds of names, but the names are labeled what the reality really is. Anything obstacle, maybe even physically, I'm not sure whether I'm right or wrong, but I'm going to use it anyway. When you become fully enlightened, you'll be able to use your total brain capacity. Does that make sense? We're using very limited ones as far as I'm concerned right now. We have very limited capacity we're using it. And when you use the total brain capacity of a human brain, we are enlightened. And that is possible. And that enlightenment has no fallback. When there's no fallback, that's called a true enlightenment. I talked the other day, when we used chemicals in the 60s, 
or even later than 60s. <laughs> Sometimes we do have all these nice little glimpses of something beyond our comprehension. Beyond our comprehension. Potential. You people have more experience than I do, I hope. <laughs> I had one experience one time. You know, I, have a, I had a girlfriend in Texas. She gave me a little joint and I threw up. <laughs> so I had a bad experience. <laughs> <laughs> that is late 70s. Anyway, so you people have a different experience. And those experiences that you've seen is a glimpse. Glimpse of what we can achieve or what we can suffer. It's not necessarily always good experience. Some people have a terrible experience, right? So it's both ways what a human being can achieve. And that itself will tell you you have that capacity within ourselves. So the underestimating ourselves and undermining ourselves is a terrible thing. Terrible thing. It is discapacitated ourselves. Is that correct English? Incapacitated. Okay. Incapacitated ourselves. So whenever you have difficulties, we're recommending. What I learned from the Buddhist tradition, recommending, thinking, there are a number of things. Some of them are normally don't even say so. So the number of things. There's also, you know, whatever you have, change your mind, completely stop whatever you're doing and think something positive, nice, wonderful thing. And even recommends to go in the high mountains and look down, because the Tibetans, right? They always go up to the high mountains and look down and have a cool breeze and all this. And I do have experience. A number of my teachers, they used to take me as a kid into the high mountain tops. And we enjoy their take off our robes and, you know, enjoy over there, have a nice something to eat and look down all the all the plateau down and uh, try to try try to change our mind in that way. And when that doesn't work, it doesn't end there. When that doesn't work, when that doesn't work, there's a visualization. The visualization is your mind. You think like your mind like a cotton ball. Cotton wool Balls. You know, sometimes they give you this much piece of wool. Used to be, you know, in the plants, put in your ears. Now that they don't have it anymore. Now, if you, now what we get in the plants is the peanuts and the parcels. <laughs> and uh, traditionally, the moment you enter in, they used to give you little cotton wool to put in your ear and uh, some little sweets to chew and all of those. In addition to that, you give you full meal and drink. But now you get peanuts only. So. That also depends the kindness of the hostess. And uh, so anyway, so the, you know, like your mind be like a little cotton wool, not a big one, about this much, and a light one, and a sort of you know lifting it up, lifting it up like with the air, and then suddenly shoot through your crown and uh, let it be over the cloud or with the cloud for a little while and bring it back. That is one of the bits. That's, that's zillions of them, really, honestly. And uh, that is one of them. The another one I like to also share is not really the slightly visualization involved, but also, you know, this may be useful for people. Um, provided if we see the sunset. Um, at the time of the sunset, if you look, let's say, if you go to a park or if you have a nice window where you can witness the sunset, 
So you're looking at it. You're looking at it standing straight. Relax completely. Stand straight. Put your two, you know, two legs together. Not like, you know, what we do, but together. And, uh, and uh, stand still and uh, looking at the sun going down and uh, lift up, you know, like your, what do you call it? your toe. Sit, stand up like that, and when the sun goes down, and you visualize, and all your difficulties and troubles that you are facing through the depression, and all of them gone down together. Not once, you have to repeat it a number of times. And but the most important thing is analyzing and recognizing, recognizing. I'm suffering through this. And this is a totally false. It's not a true. And, uh, and uh, analyze your mind. Your mind is not a secret to you. You know yourself. You know your mind extremely well, better than anybody else. You are the only one who knows. So give a recognition and let cut the denials out completely. The denial is the room for them to breed and to, for them to overtake you. So let's not deny. You say, well, I'm getting this problem. I acknowledge. And I know it is not true. Or is it true? Yes, I'm suffering, it's true. But the reasons why I'm suffering are not true. Why don't you have a dialogue with yourself? But don't overdo it, because your neighbor will think you're going crazy. <laughs> you're talking to yourself all the time. But, but you know, in the meditative form, it's a little romantic. In the meditative form, you have a dialogue with yourself, reasons why you are suffering. If you really search it, because I didn't do it. First, you won't even know it. And after a little while, you're knowing it, the reasons why you are suffering, because, because you thought you blew it, because you thought you were incapable, because you thought you thought you were dying, because you thought you were sick, because you thought, you know, I am a terrible person, because you thought I am abused, because you thought I am, you know, all these zillion different reasons we have. And some of them are true experience too. Even you abused, you know, I'm not saying abuse is right, don't misunderstand me. But when you have a dialogue with yourself, even, even you abused, it was at that time you have healed yourself. You're not abusing by people now. You have already healed. You have an internal capacity of healing yourself. Why don't I have to go back and relieve all my suffering under there? I'm sure some psychologists are not going to be happy with what I say. Because they're right. They're also right. You have to go right deep in there and fix it. True to certain it is the ego that produces all this. And the experience that we build for life after life making us suffer now. Yes, abused during the kid is a triggering point. Yes, it affected, for sure. But that's not the root cause. We have a capacity of healing ourselves. If you let, you will heal yourself. And if you don't let heal yourself, and then you go on and visit and relive, relive, relive. But when the psychologist said, let's get to the bottom of it, it's not they don't have value as far as I'm concerned. They do have a tremendous value. They help a lot. They do all this. They're very helpful. You also have to take that. Along with that, you have to... The true healing view you need, human beings have its own capacity. You have to support that. You yourself. You yourself has to. You know, yes, I am abused. You know, for me personally, as a child abused, 
I had a tremendous, you know, I've been selected as an incarnate lama. I've been cut out with all other kids. All other kids are, of the monks are playing down there. I have to watch from the window. I cannot go with them. I cannot play with them. And if I did not sit straight in the meeting, I come back and I get beat up all the time. A lot of beat ups I received. A lot of them. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> sometimes one of my teachers, you know, beats me up quite a lot. But you know, but when you get angry and when she shows temper, and then that's quite okay. You know, I get a few hits here and there. But one day when he was smiling, <laughs> he was laughing, smiling. He really got mad then. You know, I didn't realize that. And, uh, you know, I mean, they have a nice little silk scarf, and they put on my leg, and then hang me upside down on the beam, and the whoom, I went up down like this, you know, naturally. And then you get, you get nice beat up. Two to three hundred is not a joke, you know. And very often. And uh, for about seven, eight days, you know, I couldn't even ride a horse. You have to travel, you have to ride a horse. And I've been standing on the, on the saddle and can't put down my butt. I have to stand up. So, but it doesn't damage me anything so far, as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is, from our point of view, it is Charlie abuse, for sure. But then it's also, you know, I mean, quite a good example here. It didn't damage me anything. Maybe I don't know. Maybe there is damage, who knows. But the reality is, the reality is we have a capacity to heal ourselves. And it's so important. Yes, that's acknowledged. Yes, that's what happened. And that is now change. How many times go? It's changed. And I'm improved. I've been healed. You've got to use that. Unless you don't. If you say, I've been wounded, then I never healed. Now I'm going to die. So that doesn't help us at all. So that, honestly, so don't underestimate means all of them included. And acknowledge your own capacity and build yourself up. Self-confidence. As a bodhisattva, follower of the Buddha, the bodhisattvas are taking the commitment of solving the people, they're all sentient beings. Not only me, all living beings, they're taking commitment. And the, such a commitment cannot be attacked by a weak and a shabby person. So you have to have it. Even you don't have the truth, it depends the same but you have to bite with the gums. That's exactly what it is. So this, that's how you build your self-confidence. But you know what I really want to, I would like to conclude this, because uh, this is the question of self-confidence. I don't mean you should ignore all your problems. You must acknowledge your problem and overcome all. Because you don't submit to the problem. You must stand over and above your problems. And if you are a weak and terrible person, weak person, then you submit to the problem. Let the problem run your life. But if you are a great human being with a wonderful, not only a capacity, the human nature, what we call it as a Buddhist, Buddha nature within us is such a capable of overcoming all faults and all problems which we have within ourselves. We must utilize that. And the way and how you overcome is that there are zillion different techniques of meditation and visualizations and all of them. And you really have a tremendous tool with your own hand. You should be able to and taking pills are also nothing wrong with this. I would like to say that when there's a chemical imbalance, you have to take the pills too, and that helps. 
lot of people think taking pills are against the spiritual. As far as I'm concerned, no. You can take any help from wherever you can get it. And you should use all of them. So with that, you have all the capacity to heal yourself from all these depressions. Most important thing is the determination that you will, I will not submit to such a horrible thing. you have questions, I'll be happy to answer a few. And also we have a dedication too. Thank you. Yes, lady in the red t-shirt. Um, you mentioned good addictions. So good addictions are okay? Because I was under the impression that addictions, period, were to be overcome. Well, don't rely on my English because I never learned that language. <laughs> um, to, so to me, you know, to me, if you d develop faith, and that to me is another addiction. Developing faith is an addiction. It's a positive addiction. That's what I like to look at. It. Positive addiction. Maybe it's the wrong language. I never know. And I've never been to English school a single day. Your English so, I'm honestly. So it is a positive addiction. Why not? Maybe the language wise it may be wrong, but that's okay. what I'm thinking. Thank you. Thank you. So if I understand our past lives, we come to this life with the experiences of our past lives and we, we may not understand or remember them. We probably don't. We don't. But the point is not to dwell on what the past life was. Now is the time to break the chain of the the fears and the attachments, and it's only this moment that we have and to not worry too much about the reason, but that we're empowered now to change our next life, is in my understanding. Or do we need to try to analyze why I, we have habits? My background, my personal training is, um, to me, the meditation is more analyzing. You know, when you really get deep down on the bottom of the cause, whatever it is, you really find it through analyzation. What we call it analytical meditations. Analytical meditations. And when you are convinced by yourself with your own solid reason, and then they can never take over again. Because you are not only convinced, you have seen it, you have reached to the bottom, and you have come back from there. So your experience is a solid experience. It cannot be taken over by anything else. That is the best way of developing. And the second one is, uh, is a sort of a denial and the just to believe it and all that. It'll help. It'll help. But does not really make a deep down clear complexion. Yeah. yeah. You don't get that unless you do a right, nice analyzation. You know, analyzations when you do it, the reasons will really, you know, get them together. And whenever there is a wrong, then this is, you can't move here, you can't move here. You know, it's like a playing chess game. And you know, so they put you the king into the corner. And you can't move it. And then you realize you're really wrong. So you have to go back. And that is how it really works, analytical meditation. You know, Professor Perman calls this uh, internal science. Or that is his way of calling but it is a very scientific way of doing it. It is mental, mental, internal, but that's how you overcome. And um, as far as I know, all these great spiritual masters that we talk from, the Eastern Tibetan traditions, all went through this. Um, practically speaking, when somebody starts practicing um, meditation of focusing on the breath, do you think it's wise to do it intermittently during the day uh, rather than maybe just for 10 minutes in the morning or in the evening so that perhaps when you find yourself at the 
supermarket in a long line and you you know you're aware that these times are times when you start to get annoyed and that those are good times to to practice that kind of meditation the meditation of a such a concentration you concentrate on your breath and all of those are um, very good to do everywhere except when you're diving <laughs> you don't want to do that when you're diving um, but even if you get used to it, you can do it. You can listen to nice music and you can dive together. And especially us, we are capable of talking in handphone and diving together. Uh, so you should be able to do the same way. But I strongly don't recommend that. Not only, not I don't mean strongly, I object for that until we get used to it. And. Um, Concentrated meditation, analyzing meditation are two things. Analytical meditations are very good while you are waiting in the supermarket, in the line, especially when you are getting irritated. And you, you like to ask yourself, why do I get irritated? Because I'm getting late, because I'm wasting 10 minutes, because of this. But do I have another choice? Yeah, if I if I do have another choice, if there is another counter open, I should move there first. If somebody else moved before me, well, that's that is my fault. <laughs> my fault. But if there's no other choice, why should I get irritated? You know, Nagarjuna, a great Indian philosopher, Buddhist great master, said. So if there's something to be corrected, why should I get frustrated? Let me correct. And if there, if there is a nothing can be corrected, and what will help by me getting frustrated? And I should not make myself difficult. Let's not get frustrated. That's what he says. So, these are the in analytical meditation, which you can very well do while waiting in the supermarket lines. Or while you are diving, a crazy person trying to go this way, that way. Especially when you don't see the road without a water or street, whatever is coming up, you know, it's a dangerous. There's no point of getting angry with that person. It is the time that I have to be careful. Right? I always think that. I think that's what we have to do. No matter whose fault is it, if we get into trouble, we all get into trouble, both. And so whether it's my fault or his fault, this is another issue. But the first is not to get into trouble. So it's just instead of getting upset with that person and try to find out who that person is, try to give a finger. <laughs> so better be careful ourselves and dive nicely. Don't get into trouble. And when you don't have any trouble, in two minutes we forgot. I find it a little depressing to be around my husband because he doesn't seem to be concerned about his spirituality. And I don't think he is. I don't see any evidence of it. And he gets upset over little things, and it just irritates me to see him get so upset over such little piddly nothing. And I think that's kind of depressing to me. Am I subject to his bad karma? I feel like he's making bad karma for himself because he's not concerned about his spirituality, I think. Am I going to be at the effect of his bad karma? And I don't know why. I guess I've been assigned to be with him to help him to develop as much as he can spiritually, but... It's just really um, kind of draining sometimes, and it is kind of depressing, so. I'm glad. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. It's very, it's not that easy to say, not easy to share. I appreciate it. But what I like to say here is, this shows you how valuable your own life is. We have millions of human beings. And we have a lot of people in the United States. We have a lot of educated people in the United States and in Michigan. Some of us has a spiritual interest, some don't. 
Those of us who have the open mind of looking into spiritual path, we do have better opportunity to help ourselves and by helping ourselves to be able to help them later. We have that opportunity. Some of them don't have opportunity because they blocked the opportunity by simply they're right. They think I'm not interested. I don't have an interest. Do whatever you want to do. I'm not interested. That are also good people. Some of them said, you're crazy. What you're doing is nothing good for you. Some people will object that. So what it really is, is the value what you have, opportunity, not only to be looking into the material aspect, but even on the spiritual aspect. And that also of the Western tradition and the Eastern tradition, wherever you can get help, the openness. And that is your personal opportunity. It is the value, it adds value on your human life. It's your capacity. So instead of getting frustrated, him not interested, but appreciate what you are, and take that opportunity, rejoice and make best use of it. We do have a people like yuppies and hippies. And we do, we do, this is society, we do have all of them. And each and every one of them have a right, whatever they think you're doing. But when you look at them, what value they have, opportunity they have, how much they we shut down, how much we open ourselves. Thank you for sharing, and that's what I really think it is. Normally I do give example of some people, try to drag our friends, our best friend, companion to some spiritual thing, but they won't, they will to pull back. And because they just don't have the opportunity yet, that doesn't mean it will shut throughout the years, or it will shut all the time. But there may be opening later. But at this moment, they're deprived of the opportunity. That's what it is. Thank you. <laughs>